I tend to hang around people who can show up for people in a compassionate and understanding way, show up in tough circumstances, show up throughout adversity and keep a understanding heart and, and a cool and loving energy in the way that they show up because I become their understudy. That's what I want my recovery to look like. It's just learning to show up and um, have this experience, which if we've never had these experiences and we feel these ways and we don't know how to handle them, of course, because we've never been here. How could we inherently know how to show up for life in a way that we've never sat in before without using a drink or a drug? Mm -hmm. But I, I challenge you to try to show up without doing what it is that we used to do so that we don't get what it is that we used to get. Mm -hmm. Stories are powerful. powerful. Welcome to the Rise, Recover, Live podcast brought to you by The Phoenix. This is a space where people impacted by substance use can come to share their story of strength and resilience, get open and honest, and inspire hope and build community through shared experience. We'll be talking to people in our community on their own recovery journey and shine a light on the topic of recovery in all its forms. Maybe you'll hear some of your story in theirs. Let's show the world that together we rise, recover, and live. Hello and welcome to uh, another special Snack Size episode of the Rise Recovery Live podcast. We are your host, Bryce the Third, he, him pronouns. Liz McKean, she, her pronouns. And Liz, we are here today to give them a little snacky snack. Huh? <laughs> I do love snacks. So yes, I think we are. I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, exciting. We, we put a we put a little post in the Rise Recovery Live community group within the Phoenix app, which is how you talk to us, get in contact with us, and give us feedback about the show, about these snack size episodes, and uh, it, it looks like you all are really enjoying it. And I had a couple of suggestions for topics that Liz and I could discuss real quick around the ways that we've learned to show up in life and what life brings as people who consider ourselves to be in recovery. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, it's so cool when those ideas come from the community because, you know, we love having these conversations, but this is our, you know, our podcast. Um, everybody that's listening, like this is yours too. And, and we want those ideas to come from you. And our thoughts on the topic are simply ours, you know, like it's our experience, it's tools that have helped. Um, I know from this conversation, it's going to be struggles that I am continuing to have and excited to hear people's tools that they've had in the podcast group. So yeah, I think this is going to be a cool and delicious snack. So we got a comment in the podcast group. I'm not going to say their names because they didn't necessarily give me permission to use their name. But I do want to get specific around the comment that was made. Say I'm struggling to stay committed. I have nine months of one week to three months sober streaks that I fall <sighs> Um, one that I would love a soundbite on is, what do you do when you're PO'd? Uh, I find my moments of relapse are most often when I feel like throttling someone. Hmm. And I think that's a, the, a, a worthy topic for real. Like, how, how do we deal with these heavy emotions in recovery now that we're no longer seeking something outside of ourselves to quell what's going on on the inside of us? Some of these things, like these things still pop up. Like, I still feel the same ways that I felt before now, though, I've learned to cultivate some tools. And so, Liz, uh, how do you feel about sharing a couple of the tools that we've been able to cultivate over the years? When I think of being PO'd, I think of feeling angry. Those are the, That might not feel like the same thing to everybody, but for me, that's going to use that as uh, the same meaning. And 
that has always been a really challenging emotion for me. Uh, anger, I struggle with. I don't want to feel angry. I feel like there's a loss of control when I'm angry, which would totally be a reason in the past to reach for a drink, something outside of myself to make myself feel better so I don't feel it. And what I've found in recovery, and this is not a tool that I would recommend, is what I've tended to do is take that anger and just turn it around and put it on myself. Like if I am angry at you for doing something that has upset me, that has hurt me, I don't have any control over that. But if I can find my my flaw in that, if I can find a way that I, you know, ha- have caused this to happen, then maybe I can fix it and maybe I can make sure it doesn't happen again. And I think there's there's wisdom in the looking inward to like what is my part in any kind of conflict, but there's also wisdom in being able to let go, you know, let go like this is something that somebody's going through that maybe doesn't have a lot to do with me. And the I mean the greatest tool I have for that is to either talk it out or or write it out. Like instead of just reacting to that thing that's happening that's uncomfortable, whether I'm gonna have that be an outward reaction or even just like an inward reaction and implode a little bit to talk to somebody I really trust. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fortunate to have a husband who will let me just talk constantly. And sometimes I want him to respond. Another time I just want to figure things out as I go. Also journaling is really helpful just to like get it all on paper and then to read it and, and be able to respond to myself in a way that's maybe a little bit more objective than if it was something that I was just letting swim around in my head and doing all of that with, just compassion and grace, knowing that there's no right way to go about any of this stuff, any of these big feelings, but yeah. being present for it is the most important thing. So I don't have it figured out. And you know, when I come across a situation that I'm angry, it's really hard. That's one of the harder things for me. But the reaching for a substance isn't the thing that I do anymore. And I think that's because those other things, those other, you know, talking it out and writing it out and pausing is is more powerful. It works better. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I, I agree with everything you share. And I also want to continue to, you know, reiterate that uh, this isn't, nobody has a monopoly on what's right. <laughs> so know. these things that Liz and I share here today are just things that we've learned that have worked for us. Uh, we are not experts in any field. We are just two people in our own personal recoveries using what it is that we've learned to be able to show up and, and live in life on life's terms. And for me, compassion is big, compassion for self. I think what's also important is when it comes to anger, um, there's multiple shades of it. I think when I was in my active addiction, alcoholism, like the there were a lot of like black and white for me. So it's like either I love you or I hate you or I'm <laughs> mad or I'm peaceful. And it's just like, there's so many different shades of emotions now. So when we're talking about like anger, you know, there can be anger because I feel like I deserve something that I didn't get. There can be self-justified anger where, um, you know, like I, I feel like I'm the, the person in the right. There can be like disappointment anger. There can be grief anger. There can be like, there's all these different like flavors of anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like learning to show up for myself, especially when, you know, you taste a new flavor, you, you know, like it, I look at it as uh, when I'm exposed to a new flavor of emotion, getting through it, sitting in it allows for me to integrate this into my life. Like this is part of my life now. Mm-hmm. 
and which is a privilege and an honor because I no longer have to run from my emotions. And sometimes it could be very challenging. So sometimes I'm presented with a flavor of, emo- of an emotion that I've experienced before, but because it's a different flavor, I don't necessarily have the tools to to show up for it on go. So it's like I have to like build the tools or use the tools that I have to lead me to new tools to discover in this moment. And like within that process, like compassion is just big. Compassion for myself when I don't know, when I'm frustrated. And also continuing to remind myself, like, what do I intend? I think, you know, uh, to, to the person who commented and, and suggested this topic, if you pull up in front of me on the street and cut me off and or you give me the wrong change at the the gas station or you do this or you anything that you do that I would feel like I need to get angry about if that and that's just one flavor of anger but if my if my reaction is to get so pissed off that I'm going to sabotage my recovery and my ability to be show, to be able to show up for my life, like who who loses there? Like, I mean, you know, you you go on about your day and you you go on about your life, and then I deal with you know the drama, the despair, the the frustration, the the incapability that comes along with me picking up a drink or using. And so, like, what do I intend? If I intend to be a person who can show up for life, however life shows up, if I intend to be a person who can show up for my family or show up for my my professional life or show up for my personal life, then remembering to remind myself of that intention, like, okay, whatever happens here, yeah, I'm I'm pissed off and, and maybe even rightfully so. And what do I intend? Do I intend to be able to show up for myself today, tomorrow? Do I intend to be able to continue to show up for my family? Does me picking up a drink allow for that? Does me picking up a, a, a drug, does that allow for these things that I've intended? And if the answer is no, which for me, it's always been no, then uh, what else can I do? Uh, uh, what else can I do in this moment? And if I don't know what to do, that's perfectly fine. Uh, compassion for myself in that moment. Uh, oftentimes, picking up the phone and tapping into community uh, brings me in contact with tools that I don't have access to. Mm-hmm. But especially like when I get around people who model the attitudes that I desire to have, like I tend to hang around people who can show up for people in a compassionate and understanding way, show up in tough circumstances, show up throughout adversity and keep a understanding heart and, and a cool and loving energy in the way that they show up. And because I become their understudy, like that's what I want my recovery to look like. And there's people I know that are in recovery that are, you know, that will scream at you, yell at you, cut you off on the road. And, you know, they may not be drinking or be using, but that's not in who has a monopoly on was right. Right. But that's not what I desire for my recovery. So you're going to see me hanging around them a little less Mm -hmm. and calling those numbers a little less. So it's it's just learning to show up and. Um, have this experience, which if we've never had these experiences and we feel these ways and we don't know how to handle them, of course, because we've never been here. How could we inherently know how to show up for life in a way that we've never sat in before without using a drink or a drug? Mm-hmm. But I, I challenge you to try to show up without doing what it is that we used to do so that we don't get what it is that we used to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I think those tools and that kind of learning and being an understudy, that evolves over time. And I know, you know, in early recovery, we've talked about this with with celebrations, with travel. In early recovery, sometimes you 
create a little bubble around yourself. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, at some point I want to figure out how to be able to go back to, you know, music festivals or parties with my friends. And maybe in these first few, you know, weeks or months or even years, like it's not the time to test that out. Maybe this is the time where I find, you know, the bubble where the intensity, the likelihood of those really intense feelings might be a little less, or I might have some insulation around me in the form of uh, people and moments to pause. I know right now we're in a world where we're kind of um, overwhelmed with information a lot. You know, we're all on Instagram, we're on all the social media, we're, you know, the news, all the things, conversations as you walk by folks. And I think if there's parts of that that are causing big emotions, you know, anger and fear that's like totally valid. And it's also okay if you're in a moment where you're just trying to get through this next day, avoid that. You know, I've, I've deleted Instagram more times than I can count when I'm like, this is making me feel bad. This is giving me a lot of intense emotions that I am just going to choose not to subject myself to right now. And that's okay, you know, or there's a conflict with a person in my life that maybe I'm just going to disengage that relationship for now and maybe we'll heal it later. But right now, I got to just take care of me. Like, I got to get through this next day. And the safest thing for me to do is to, you know, not be, not put myself in a scenario that is going to bring up those strong emotions, no matter who's right, no matter who's wrong, no matter what, you know, learning is going to come from it in this moment, just get better. Like, I want to run a marathon someday, but I have a sprained ankle. I'm going to heal this ankle before I start going out for my daily runs, you know? So maybe give yourself what you need in these, in these early moments or even, you know, years in, you're having a especially hard time. You know, right now I've talked about it in another episode, just struggling like with anxiety. And this is a time that I know I need to take care of myself in a little bit of a different way. And some, and that means retreating from some of the, some of the, social media, for example, that, that can just make me feel a lot of things. And that's such a loving thing to do for yourself. Um, so give yourself permission to take care of you. And yeah. Uh, and, and for, you know, the sake of uh, keeping this a snack size episode, because I feel like we can we can go on for, for an hour about this. I think <laughs> I think the question, making sure that the question isn't, like, how can I keep other people from pissing you off? <laughs> Good and, luck. <laughs> and, and, and learning how to take that and, and, and well, why do I get pissed mm-hmm. off? And, and when it become when that becomes the question, one that's a lot softer, a lot more manageable. And it, it also contributes to the experience of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Like, why do these specific things tick me off? There might even be something productive in there because, uh, the great change comes with being discontented. You know, people didn't like the fact that we were, you know, tallying rocks. So then it was like, I'm discontent. And then we came up with the calculator as a human race. You know, I mean, there's, you know, people were tired of like walking to places. So we came up with the wheel. People was tired of being a cold and discontented. And it was pissed off about that. So they figured out fire, you know? So there might be something good in that. Um, and beyond that too, just to soften it, and I think it's a good place to kind of leave us off on like, it doesn't have to mean anything. Like it could just be the experience that we're having right now. And so, cause I, I found that to be another point of tension where it's like, okay, I've switched from, you know, why, how can I stop them from pissing me off to like, why am I pissed mm-hmm. off? But then in that switching to why am I pissed off now, there's this 
unrealistic expectation for me to learn a lesson from everything. Mm. And it's like, sometimes life is just life. And sometimes you mad because you mad. And sometimes this flavor of, of anger you can't be classified right now. Maybe right now is not the time for classification, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but know that you are inherently worth your recovery. Like you are inherently worth a, a good life. You are inherently worth peace and prosperity and people who care for you and prop you up in community. Like you are inherently worth these things. And so... Like, let's sit in that. Let's sit in that and allow for it, and and maybe uh, put the mitts down a couple times. Mm-hmm. You know, um, put 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 the unball the fist a little bit, and and just allow for the experience. Yeah, definitely. And you know, there's tools to use within the Phoenix community. Um, if you're just looking to find those little pockets of peace. Um, during maybe moments that you don't feel like you need it, but where you're just flexing that muscle. And, um, you know, we've talked about this before, but you can download the Phoenix app and you have access to both in-person and live stream classes. The live stream platform has meditations, yoga classes, all sorts of like nervous system softening uh, tools that you can do with community. And doesn't matter if you have no idea how to do that or sitting still sounds very scary. Uh, You can take it at your own pace. And there's also fitness. There's also ways that you can move around. There's ways you can be creative to work through some of that energy of big feelings that maybe you haven't had the opportunity to feel in, in the past. So lean on that community and lean on those activities that are available to you. And yeah. And, and thanks for thanks for hanging out with us for this, for this snack size. This is always really fun to be able to just hop in and, and just talk off the cuff. Most definitely. And make sure you pop in that community group, mm-hmm. the Rouse Recovery Live podcast community group in the app mm-hmm. and give us more topics. Mm-hmm. What, what do you want to hear more of? And um, if you want to use that space as a journal when you're pissed off, like do that too. <laughs> like I'm so tired of like we're we're here for it. Like we put our we put ourselves on on a chopping block in that group. So yeah, man. Throw, th- throw out your heavy emotions in there and it's a safe space to be able to do so. So we will catch you next time on the Rise Recover Live podcast. Take care, everybody. See you later. So now you're excited. Bryce, Liz, how do I get involved with the Phoenix? Well, my friend, it is super simple. We actually have an app. Head over to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store or look in the show notes of this podcast, wherever you're listening to or watching this podcast and go download the Phoenix app. The Phoenix app makes it so easy to find classes that are near you or to access our virtual class schedule where you can hop on from the comfort of your home. You can also join our groups and have a conversation with someone from the Phoenix community from anywhere in the world. Please make sure that you join the podcast group where you can connect with Bryce and I and other listeners. Everything that you need is in the show notes. You can also head to our website at www.thephoenix.org. And maybe while you're there, you click the volunteer tab and get even more involved.